Here we go. Here we go, folks. Wednesday night in the room podcast. Sahib Jackson, man. Yes, sir. My new co-host. No, Tommy is my no. co-co-co-host. Yeah, I like and that. my co-co-co-host, new on the show and meeting for the first time, a friend of Sahib with a huge, huge Facebook and Instagram page. It's Rob for McDojo Life. My man, welcome to the show, bro. So happy to have you on, man. Um, pleasure's all mine, bro. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, man. I love talking shop, so I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Uh, dude, as I said, uh, you know, a friend of Sahib, and you have a huge Instagram page. Uh, we're going to get to that page and what it's all about. But first, we're going to uh, find out how you, got in, uh, how you got in touch with Sahib and became friends. Because you are in Florida, and Sahib is out of Pawtucket, Providence area where he trains. Yes, uh, cold up here. Man, how'd you guys get together? I'll let you go first, and uh, Sahib can fill in the oh, blanks. Sounds good. Yeah, well, I mean, I I know I have a big like following on Instagram or whatever, but anyone who reaches out and has conversations and stuff like that, I I love having conversations with absolutely anyone. Um, and I I've given myself a couple rules to the page. One of those rules being I would answer every direct message I ever received, and the other would be I'd go on anyone's show whoever asked. Um, both of those are not as easy as they sound, <laughs> but. Um, you know, it's really neat because because of the internet, you can have conversations and get to know people over, you know, that you've never met before or you've met maybe once or, you know, it's, it's really neat to be able to have conversations and to be able to be closer to people because of the internet. So, I mean, I would thank the internet for that shit. <laughs> that I'm cool. all about the internet, bro. That's, mm -hmm. uh, I do that 24-7 because we not only, you know, we do a podcast, uh, we also... Um, we also take care of all New England MMA fighters. We uh, interview them, do uh, uh, articles. They come down here like Sahib. And, uh, man, it's all about the internet for me, man. That's mm -hmm. how I kind of, you know, got known. And uh, I love it, man. I'm on it constantly. Yeah, living it. Yeah, it's, it's fucking cool. Like, it's weird to, to think that my entire life, basically from the time I was 12 years old to now, has been revolved around martial arts. But once... Instagram and Facebook really started taking off. It just kind of developed a life of its own in terms of how we can communicate with other people and how we can work and collaborate. I mean, it's it's the strangest thing that you can just reach out to absolutely anyone in any given moment. There's a good chance that they're going to respond and you can have a conversation. I think that shit's cool. Very well, cool. Sahib, he's in Florida. Yes, sir. You're from this area. Yes, sir. How'd you get in touch with this guy right so, here? So, uh, obviously, I started following him maybe about two to three years ago uh, when the page was still growing. It's still growing now. Uh, you have a lot of followers. But I was down in Miami for karate combat. Not the last one, but the one before last. Uh, I saw the Bob punch dummy. I was kind of drunk, so. And I was just doing a whole <laughs> bunch of, like, jumping, spinning techniques. And I think you and your boy had just saw me. And then I saw yeah. you. I was, like, I was like, you look familiar for some reason. And then I put two and two together, and I realized you was Mr. McDojo himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was good, you know, like, having a good chance to you know, chop it up with you and Joe. What was your, your boy's name again? Uh, Joey. And Joey. funny enough, I was avoiding telling that story because, like, when you first did, like, almost busted your ass. So. <laughs> oh, man. I blame the beer. And That's it was awesome. wet, too. <laughs> it was wet on the floor. What, were you dripping it around? Oh, <laughs> oh maybe, maybe. It didn't have any, um, it didn't have any sand or weight in it. Oh. So when you, like, hit it, it oh. just goes up. Oh. Mm -hmm. Um, I almost knocked over. I did knock over the karate combat barricade, the little the little backdrop too. I did knock that down. Can't take you anywhere, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> I blame the bears they would give me. So, yep. <laughs> all right, karate combat. Hey, Rob. So, does the page travel to uh, events, and you kind of uh, you know set up shop there, or were you just there as a you know a fan and trying to you know uh, do some uh, you know grow the page? Then you know going to the events. How's that work with you? 
Well, I, I mean, uh, McDojo Life is the brand, but the brand is something that I run. And so I know a lot of people in the industry, and it allows me to go different places and create content. The majority of the money I actually make from McDojo Life is from doing business consulting for martial arts schools. So I've been doing that for about a decade. So people will hire me out to come out and give advice and give thought. Um, and because of that, it's actually helped grow the network of the page. And uh, Adam from Karate Combat, someone who's been following it for a very long time, Adam, the president of Karate Combat. And he reached out when they had their very first event that had audience. Because at first, Karate Combat was kind of starting around the time that COVID was happening. So their first, like, several events didn't have an audience. So they brought the, uh, the event out to Orlando. And then when they had their first one, I got invited. And, of course, I went. And every event at Karate Combat has significantly gotten better every event i mean this last one was incredible um the main event not so much <laughs> but like the first two fights went four rounds because they were bangers the next two fights after that went were both knockouts um so that's four fights in a row that are incredible right there and that's before they even got to the main card so karate combat's dope man well, uh, speaking of karate combat, you know one of our New Englanders here is, uh, I, I believe, the the middleweight. Yeah, Ross karate Levine. Con- yep. Ross, Ross, Ross Levine, Levine himself. Yeah. Ross Levine. Yeah. He's a re- enough, a- we were on the same team. So when I was coming up through sport karate, I was on a team called Team Full Circle. And I had already been on the team for a few years, and I was actually kind of on my way out the moment that his team got assimilated into Full Circle. And so to see him, not only somebody who represented sport karate, which is something I loved growing up, but to see somebody actually represent a team I was on, be able to be a title holder in something like karate combat is incredible shit. It's very cool. You know, it's uh, pretty ironic today, uh, looking on Instagram, Ross had posted something uh, that um, Bass was on the Joe Rogan show mm-hmm. and he brought up Ross and you yep. got to check this guy out. He's the new thing out there. And, you know, Ross is a very humble dude, man. And uh, this kind of fame has come kind of quick, even though he was in the the point karate and he, he was doing a lot of stuff, you know, on the internet as far as getting his, uh, you know, getting his seminars out and stuff. This is, uh, this has made him a stardom uh, star in the, you know, the karate combat, the karate world. Once again, he was a big, big star as a kid growing up and then he's doing the sports karate. And now he is, uh, basically one of the faces of karate combat. So he was ecstatic that Joe Rogan actually mentioned him and they were showing, you know, the, the, the footage of that, that knockout and, Mm -hmm. Man, uh, good for him, bro. He's a good dude, man. He's definitely a good uh, ambassador for the sport. Yeah, he's Absolutely, and he's a very intelligent dude. He's one of those people that he went to college. Like, he doesn't need any of this shit yeah. financially. Like, he's good. Um, and I was I, that, that knockout was amazing because I was very fortunate to be ringside mm-hmm. right when he did it. And I was like, oh, I didn't have the camera out, but it was cool to see. And, um they had to bring out the doctor and everything and make sure that he didn't kill the guy. Um, <laughs> Ross has been a beast since day one, and he was in, uh, you know, glory. Um, yep. So not, yeah, he was in glory, mm-hmm. um, and he was able to, you know, bust his chops there, and he's been around forever. And what people forget is, like, when people start talking about, like, Stephen Thompson's career, and they start talking about, like, when he starts talking about how many kickboxing matches he has. And people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. There's no way he had that many. Uh, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sport karate tournaments, 
like when that you go, what people think of is point fighting, but what they forget is there are a lot of different rule sets inside tournaments. And those four karate guys are no joke. When um, Tyron Woodley was about to fight Stephen Thompson, they brought in three heavy hitters to teach him how to fight a sport karate guy. Um, and so those guys, when they are in that environment, they're trying to hurt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you go to one of those NASCA tournaments, ISKA, WACO tournaments, they will try to rip your face off. And yeah, it will stop after that first shot. But that first shot is what they're good at. They're good at hitting you first. Mm-hmm. And, and that translates well for guys like Stephen Thompson, Ross Levine, Raymond Daniels, uh, Michael Venom Page, and uh, uh, Sage Northcutt has recently had another big comeback and one championship. Good for him. And so it's really cool to see that these sport karate guys are evolving the sport. It's not like 1980s karate kid karate anymore. <laughs> We're talking about guys who can hit you like a sniper and then get out of there before you even try to touch them. Um, it's impressive shit. It's it's fast as lightning. Oh, and yeah. Sahib is on. Uh, I would imagine you're on uh, some of those uh, some of those uh, receiving ends from Ross because he uh, he's been in and out of Triforce. Yeah, yeah. he does uh, a lot of seminars around the area. He teaches. Me and Ross have sparred literally twice, and I can almost remember it exactly every time he's hit me. It's been like pop pop. Okay, what am I doing next? Pop pop. Where did he hit me at? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny almost. <laughs> you see the level difference between like. Guys with that sport karate background, again, oh, like yeah. you said, who can hit you, and before you even think about hitting them back, they're already out. You know, it just goes to show the level, and it goes to show their how much technique they really use when they're shots. You know, it's a lot different than, like, I'd say the MMA or, like, boxing style, because the way you enter your angles, uh, your power, your commitment mm-hmm. to the shots, like, these guys are putting everything into them that they're getting out before you can even do anything, or they're, they're sniping you with their, like, their, their sidekicks, you know? They're, using, they're really good at using their tools. He's got some legs on him too, man. Yeah. He's got some tree trunks of yeah. legs. I know when he was fighting locally before, um, you know, he we went to Glory. He, I think he was fighting around 170 back then. He used to cut a lot of weight to get to 170. Um, now he's, you know, 185, and them legs, them legs are showing, man. They're friggin' Horse tree legs. trunks, and I can yeah. just imagine they're like slingshots, you okay. know, from you know starting as a kid, and they must. Killed him. Well, you see that knockout he had in Glory. The yeah. dude blocked it pretty much, and he still mm-hmm. got knocked yeah. out. You know, just the pressure. Man. Just imagine how hard. He, how, imagine how hard that kick was. Now, uh, you mentioned that you were on your way out as far as the the point karate and Ross was in. Um, did you get a, get to have a word with them at Karate Combat? Did you guys kind of uh, you know talk about the past or anything? Or is yeah, we get to chat all the time. Like. Um, it, it's one of those things where the community in itself, martial arts is such a small community. And even though there are guys like GSP or Boz Rutten there, you have guys like Ross Levine there. It's not like one of those things where there's like this huge separation. Like I'm here, you're there. So we're not going to talk. Like he's a nice dude. You yeah. can just walk up to him, talk to him. Um, and Boz is the same way. Like uh, I've been very fortunate because Adam has been a fan of the things that I've done. That I've and I've known Robin Black for a really long time. Um, we were actually we're like drinking buddies, man. <laughs> but uh, yes. every time we go to events together, we usually try to hang out afterwards. Um, but because of that, you get the opportunity to have these great conversations with guys like Ross or Boz or hell, even Adam is a really intelligent dude in the sport. He's well spoken. He represents the sport very well, and he gives a shit. Like he himself was a competitor, so he cares about fighters he cares about competitors he cares about growing the art and not just karate combat but actual karate itself 
so that passion drives forward what karate combat is and what it's going to do is create this amazing opportunity for guys you know like when i was in my early 20s i would have killed for an opportunity to be on a stage like karate combat you know that platform to go oh this is a rule set you know and it's not like jumping straight to mma yeah it's like a stepping stone okay well you did the sport karate thing let's give you one more stepping stone to see if you can handle full contact with a rule set you know and then from there let's see if you want to transition out to mma or hell even have a platform to stay there um because there are famous kickboxers who became famous just kickboxing badahari is one of them um you know so you have these guys who they don't want to do mma but if there's no platform for them past sport karate, there's no money in it. Eventually, they have to quit or become a striking coach. So it's cool that Karate Combat is giving them a platform. These young kids now can go, you know what, I love karate to death. Let's show the world what it can do. And now they're in the wave of these incredible yeah. karate guys like Raymond Daniels. Raymond Daniels is an absolute stud legend when it comes to kickboxing. And now, of course, he's a much older Raymond Daniels. So we're not, in my opinion, seeing the exact same Raymond Daniels. But what we are seeing is the fact that he paved the way to make highlights that go make people look at karate differently. And so because of work like what he's done, it now allows these younger kids to go, well, you know what, I can do that too and go to karate combat and have a career and be a title holder and actually make money. And I think that shit's cool. I think it's cool. And definitely karate combat is a great outlet and it's a great thing for these guys that, you know, come from the sports karate background that don't you know, they're not necessarily do jujitsu, man. They've been in karate their whole life, that kind of combat. And then they have this league that they can go to and it's just focused on basically what they do. I mean, even though there's a couple of rule sets different, um, but it's basically the same. They can use 90% of their tools in this. And it kind of brings me to like the UFC when the UFC was first coming out 30 years ago, maybe, you know, maybe when it was out already a few years. I used to have a, a my cousins all wrestled, uh, went to college and then I would say, well, what are you going to do after college? Like, can you, you know, wrestle here? He goes, there's no wrestling, you know, after college. There's not a professional, I mean, you maybe go to, the, you know, the Olympics or something. He goes, but there's no money avenue to, to, to make money. And now you look in the UFC, there's a ton, a ton of wrestlers who are champions, who are making their name. They basically learn to strike. After they already have that wrestling base, they start taking, you know, some jujitsu lessons and that base is huge. So it's, it kind of, you know, kind of the same thing to me as far as the buildup of karate combat that you have an outlet for these guys that have guys and ladies that have incredible skills that now they have a league that they can show that off and, and still, you know, thrive in. And uh, it's a great thing. I just see it growing and growing. It's, you know, the, the rule set is is really cool i'm sure you know watching the last event was amazing i mean it look you know just like the backdrop i you know i don't know what it looks like when you guys are there but on uh i do believe it's on fight pass right oh it's on, it's on uh i'm at it's just on youtube yeah, you can, anyone can watch is it, it right i thought it was on i thought it was on uh um uh, that the fight other one, yeah, if I pass too. But you know, just watching it, the production of it was friggin' incredible. And that last event, it was in Florida, correct? Was it in Florida? Yeah, it was in Miami as well. And it's the best event, in my opinion, they put on. They brought in a guy who uh, runs a East Coast MMA promotion for amateurs and pros, and his name's Mitchell Chamali. And I do believe MMA. I would hope would carve out a place in history for him. I think he's earned it. 
uh, Mitchell Chabali runs Combat Night, and when COVID hit, it's a little story most people don't know about. You know, the little thing, COVID. No, yeah. it didn't affect anybody. Like 10 years ago, right? But when COVID hit, like, most sports stopped. They just stopped. There was no sporting events at all for a small period of time. And Mitchell figured out a way, because of the Florida rule, you couldn't have more than 50 people inside a building at a time in one, in one gathering place, right? So he figured out, well, why don't we do an event without any audience whatsoever? And he made it work. And after he did his first event, which I was very fortunate enough to be a judge uh, in that event. So it was like me, two other judges, a referee, two fighters and two uh, referees and I, or two corners and like a doctor. And we were the only people in that building. And what they would do is they would get the fighters ready in a separate building, walk them over to that building, and then they would fight. And I was at that event, which is like the first, I guess you could say, official MMA event with no audience. And it was weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> I bet. You could hear the corner clear as day. Yeah. You could see the fighters reacting differently because of how easy it was to hear the corner's advice. When you heard somebody get hit, even if it wasn't a hard hit, it was a hit because it's a silent room. <laughs> um, it was it was bonkers. And then after that moment, Dana White found out about this, contacted Mitchell Tramali, brought him in. And next thing you know, you have like Fight Island and you have fights continuing to go yep. on. Yep. That's thanks to Mitchell. Mitchell deserves that credit. And not a lot of people know that. Well, the funny thing is that the reason I bring him up, Karate Combat brought Mitchell in as a consultant on how to run events with a live audience. So with anything Mitchell is a part of, he always brings gold. And so now that Mitchell is a part of that, the audience participation has been incredible. This last event, they had like a hype man there at the show. They got a live DJ. It's just a better atmosphere, and it gets better every time. And you know, uh, speaking of that last show, Ross is managed by Tyson Chade, who is a big manager for a lot of USC fighters, a lot of Bellator fighters, a lot of fighters everywhere. Rod Font was actually on uh, the card, the UFC card, I think the following weekend or that weekend. That weekend. That weekend. And he came away with a huge win. But they had the whole cartel, basically like five five of their fighters at that event uh, rooting on Ross Levine, man. Did you get a, did you get a chance to, to mix it up with those guys, talk to those guys, or, or was it a little too busy for you back then? I mean, it's weird. Like when I go to a, like an event like that, I walk around a lot. Uh, I try to get look for some piece of content, like go, go figure, you know, like I'm a content creator. So I'm always looking for something unique that other people aren't seeing. Um, you know, I could sit there and just film the fights and, you know, everyone in that room is filming the fights. I could, you know, try to do an interview, but everyone else there is doing interviews. I like seeing stuff that's different. Like I like being able to go back to like an area, like let's say a fighter got hurt. Well, let's hear what the doctor has to say about what that injury is. Um, or a guy is warming up. All right, well, that's, a, that's cool to me. Like, let's talk to that guy about why he warms up the way he does instead of something some other way. Um, or being able to talk to the guy who built the ring. <laughs> like, how did you build that ring? How did you come up with that? Or talk to fighters about, like, how do you practice for something like this? It's not like this is a standard ring where just every school has one, like a boxing ring or an MMA cage. It's like a custom-built ring. Yeah, that thing so is crazy. how do fighters get prepared for that? So to me, that's the stuff I'm always looking for, is that special sauce that no one else is covering. Um, 
I think that that's more interesting to me personally. So that's what I like to cover. So I'm never sitting still during those events. I walk around everywhere. Excellent, my man. You got to zig when the, when other people exactly. are zagging. I mean, like you said, everyone's doing the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, you got to think out of the box, mm-hmm. and that's cool, man. Yeah, Asking, very cool. You know, because as we know, it's it's a new sport, and you know, questioning them about how you came, developed, you know, developed the the platform, and and you know the the fighting, the rules, and all that other stuff. I mean, you have a ton of content that I'm I'm I, I'm still I would imagine you're still coming up with to ask and uh you know, in the future for the next events, you know what I mean? As far as, you know, I don't want to stay on Karate Combat the whole time because I want to get to your page and stuff like that, but it, it's very exciting to hear your uh, it's cool. your side of it. No, You know, I didn't know you were that full into it and, uh, you know, a real big part of it from its start, man. I absolutely love that organization. I can't say enough good things about them. They've been nothing but cool to me. And, of course, because I have karate roots, it's something that I'd like to see develop. And you see this a lot now with MMA guys where their footwork has changed a little bit around more of a sport karate style because they realize that initial conflict, that that initial contact is going to be who's going to hit who first to change the tide, to change the wave. And if you're able to hit somebody hard and efficiently first, hell, you might end the fight. I mean, just ask Michael Venom Page when he fought Cyborg and need him and broke his skull. You know, his timing and his distancing and his footwork are what guided him that way to be able to be that efficient to hit somebody the first time. And if you can hit somebody hard enough and well enough and accurate enough, you can end the fight right there. And then they can't hit you back. I mean, there's value there. And a lot of people love to make fun of karate. And I think that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. (laughs) GSP has a karate black belt. Boz Rutten has a karate black belt. The list goes on and on. So for people to kind of shit on karate... I always like to say, which one? There's like over 200 different forms of karate. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not just one karate and that's everything. Always a blanket um, term. So I think it's a cool thing. It's a cool topic. So I appreciate you bringing it up. Um, one last thing about that. You mentioned that you did the sports karate. You were on a team and stuff like that. Um, you know, you still you still out there? You still, uh, you know, doing your thing, training? I mean, you, you know, you don't look like as young as Sahib here, but... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, you, you still, I, I mean, you're, I'm still, I'm sure you could still, you know, spin kick someone in the face and stuff like that. Do you still mix it up a little bit when you're, uh, you know? Absolutely. When I go and train places, like, the funny part is, is, like, I look like the biggest nerd on the planet and it works out for me. Because, like, um, you know, people look at me, who the fuck is this guy? Um, but I absolutely love it. I mean, I've been doing it for 26 years of my life. Um, I'm a third degree black belt and American freestyle karate which is like a kickboxing, basically. We never did kata. Um, my third-degree black belt in something called Lissa Jodo, which is a weapon system no one's ever heard of. Basically just means I'm good at nunchucks, but nobody sits by that guy on the bus. And I have <laughs> purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Nice. Um, you know, I love to go when I go different places to train, excuse me, to train at different facilities. So my thing now is as I get older, I want to learn stuff I've never done. So if there's like a Krav Maga school, I'll be like, well, let's see what that's like. Oh, there's a Capoeira school. Let's see what that's like. Oh, fuck it. There's a Thai cheese plate. Let's go over there. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll just try to go into different places and just see what there is to see. Instead of, uh, you know, the 20-year-old me would be focused on trying to win a fight. I'm just trying to have a good time. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go out and drink that night. 
Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go smoke weed the next day. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yo, you sound like you sound I like my kind of training guy. Myself. I paid my dues, you know. I feel like I earned it. You gotta come to Rhode Island. There's yeah. a lot of people who want to hang with you. Oh, name. dude, anytime <laughs> you come to Rhode Island, come train <laughs> at Triforce. <laughs> yeah, please come. Yeah, man. Anytime you come down, uh, our gyms will welcome you with uh, uh, open arms. You know, oh, yeah. yep. uh, definitely one of the better schools in New England, I'd say. One of the biggest, maybe because I'm biased. Definitely one of the biggest as well. We're actually uh, working on a new facility. Uh, when's that gonna be done? Like September? They, they keep saying like summer, but it keeps getting pushed. Probably so. midsummer, maybe latest scenario, like beginning of the fall. But working on a whole new facility. Um, yeah, man. If you're ever down in this in the area, just just come by. Absolutely. And something that just kind of popped up literally today is uh, I'm looking to try to maybe go and start teaching some seminars around. So nice. Um, there's this guy named Ramsey Dewey. I don't know if anybody follows him on YouTube or whatnot, but He's from uh, Shanghai, China, and uh, he's actually coming to the United States. So we've been talking about maybe doing a couple seminars together, which I think would be a good time. Excellent, my man. It'd be cool to see you with Ross Levine on the side doing a seminar Mm -hmm. together at some point. Maybe the next time he defends that title, you guys can do a a seminar after the fight, after, you know, show that belt off and and some good stuff, uh, good content from there. I have a feeling he's going to hold that title for a little while. I agree. very methodical in the way that he thinks and the way that he trains. He really does. He's a, he's a student of the game. So every time somebody hops up there and he sees them in the ring, um, it's a hilarious to listen to him on the sidelines because he's yelling advice. That is the most solid advice you heard. And when they do the advice, he always looks around the room and he goes, see, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. And, sounds about right. You know, uh, Ross, you know, I've been uh, I've been interviewing fighters, been you know going to their gyms, interviewing them for like six or seven years, and before you know Ross came out to the scene in, in in like a huge wave, he was helping fighters. He was actually their striking coaches in their corners in their MMA fights. I mean, he wasn't a jiu-jitsu guy, but he was there for their striking purposes, letting them know, coaching them between rounds. So I kind of got a firsthand look of you know Ross in that corner spot and actually, you know, developing himself to be that coach, you know, down the line that he's going to probably be full throttle, you know, someday when this, uh, when is, you know, when he's done competing. Um, Also uh, his pride martial arts, where he's from, they are not too far from here. I've been to that camp, a big Muay Thai, you know, more dominant Muay Thai, but they have their jujitsu there too, man. Um, so th- that guy's getting himself around, and he's dabbling in everything, man. That- and like you said, he went to college. He's a, um, a physical therapist. A doctor. Yeah, a doctor. And he's doing that great stuff online, and he's, you know, giving his thoughts on training, on on everything to help the new generation, you know, thrive like he is. Because he's, he's a guy that's doing it, and uh, it's proven, his his methods. Yeah, sport karate is weird because you're in the trenches, like, so to say. It's kind of like similar to doing, like, jiu-jitsu tournaments, right? When you go for sport karate events, usually they're double elimination most of the time, right? So you're going to have at least two fights when you show up. But then you have to add, like, the big tournaments, like the Irish Open, or you have, like, the U.S. Open, where you're going to have, like, 30, 40, sometimes 50 competitors in your division at double elimination, what happens is you start off at the end of the brackets and yeah, you win and there's a long break, but that break gets shorter and shorter and shorter as you continue to go down into that bracket. Next thing you know, you're standing in the ring. You just had three minutes worth of a fight. Then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, are you ready to go again? <laughs> it's like, what? 
you get no break. So it's it's a brutal grind to be able to go from those tournaments. And it's actually kind of a relief for a lot of sport karate guys to go into full contact because you're going, okay, I have one fight. <laughs> now I don't have to worry about changing and being on the fly yeah. and having to fight 30 people. I'm going to fight one guy. And that makes life so much easier for you, you know? And you get a full training camp to prepare for this this one single fighter. So, And that's what makes the fights exciting. The fighters know each other pretty well in depth, even though it doesn't matter with Ross Levine because he, he kills everyone out there. But um, do you see, uh, you mentioned Ross, he's going to be the champion for a long time. Before we move on, do you see any up-and-coming young dudes that, you know, going to make their mark in karate combat who not necessarily are there yet. They might be fighting for them, but they haven't, you know, got the spotlight yet. Oh, dude, anybody from the All-Star camp. So, Raymond Daniels' training team, his team that goes off and does, like, uh, NASCA, WACO, all that good stuff, they're called the All-Stars. And if anybody's ever really followed or paid attention to uh, ISKA or NASCA back in the day, Raymond Daniels is untouchable. Like in his prime, he is untouchable. Like he would just embarrass people on the on the mat over and over and over again. Um, so you got guys like Robbie Lavoie, like he's out of the All Stars camp, and his first fight not as impressive, right? He, he looked a little rough, not as good. Second fight, he starts to loosen up a little bit more. You start to see his legs go a little bit, like we know he can do. I think you see him in another like two or three fights. I think you're going to see the same. Robbie that I see when I see him compete in tournaments. I think he's going to loosen up. Uh, they just brought in a new guy too. Um, trying to remember his name, but also an all-star. Um, Elijah, if I remember correctly, but that dude crushed his opponent. Um, I think that you're going to see a lot of guys coming out of the ISKA, Nascus circuit, and those guys are incredibly talented. Now they have the opportunity to go, okay, well, I was doing this tournament thing now that there's an outlet, maybe I'll do the tournament thing less. I'll crush, get maybe a world title, and then go immediately to fighting in karate combat in their prime. Because you got to remember, Robbie and Dan Raymond are not in their prime right now. You know, they're on the way out. Well, what about these young studs? Now they have opportunities that weren't there for them before. And now that opportunity can hit them when they're in their mid to young 20s. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think, uh, and don't don't get me wrong, the WKF guys, because Karate Combat is a little more WKF style, but the WKF guys are no scrubs either. Um, so I think there will be guys that I'm not aware of from that that will also come in and start crushing. Well, my man, uh, anything you want to ask him before we move on to the McDojo life here and how that all started, Tommy? You watching basketball these days? we got a pretty good uh, Celtics Heat uh, <laughs> title going on right now. Um, I'm not watching basketball, but I was actually like uh, on a commercial during the games. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> no shit. Yeah, That's I've been uh, working with a company called um, Operation Smile. I was born with a cleft lip and palate, um, and so as I've gotten a little bit more notoriety, I'm doing the best that I can to hopefully get back. And Operation Smile reached out to me, and they said, "Hey, we'd love for you to come on and maybe do some commercial work for us and help us raise funds." for kids overseas who can't afford to have cleft lip and palate surgeries. And uh, so I was like, of course. So I, I did a commercial for them and it like did nothing for like months. <laughs> they were like, 
local spot. I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> like, I'm glad I could help through social yeah. media. So we raised a ton of uh, money through social media, right? And then out of nowhere, they were like, hey, we got a national spot during the NBA game. And I <laughs> wow. Was like, oh, <laughs> no doubt. Holy <laughs> shit. Now, look so, at... Huge. Looking at your Instagram, you do have that attached to your Instagram handle. So if anyone wants to follow that, anyone watching out there, I do have your Instagram out here. And uh, McDojo Life is on Facebook as well. The same, uh, you got a business page on there. Same name. Are, is there any other social media that you're uh, you're, you're, you're on, uh, thriving on with the same name uh, that you want to throw yeah. out there? Uh um, it's McDojo Life on TikTok. I think we have like 400 something thousand followers there. Just 400,000. Um, Twitter, I think I have like 10,000 followers there or something like that. YouTube is really what we I've been pushing um, because YouTube is a little bit more of a steady income mm -hmm. because Instagram, Facebook and all that, they'll like come up with stuff. They'll be like, hey, we're going to give you bonuses for your reels. And I'm like, all right, I'll make a whole bunch of content. Yep. Oh, we're not doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> that was like my paycheck, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so YouTube's a little more steady. So I've been working on trying to get a hundred thousand followers on there. I'm about like an 85,000 or something like that, but cool. we got a website coming too. So that's nice. Should help. Well, congratulations on that. My man, do you do it all yourself? Do you have other admins that help you out as far as, uh, you know, spreading the social media and putting the content up there? Or are you a one man, uh, wrecking machine here? Just me. Okay. And trust me, I can't wait till it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is work, man. But, I mean, I, I like working. I love martial arts. I love being in the martial arts space. I like talking shop. I like being able to help people. I love it. So to me, it's not really work. It's just what I would do for free anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm very grateful I get to stay in the martial arts space, even though I'm getting older. I mean, I'm 38 now, right? So, you know, 40s are creeping. Uh, I fought and competed heavily from the time I was 12 all the way to the time I was like 28 years old. So my body is starting to remind me that I did all of those things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I now am uh, trying to get more into the admin side, trying to get more into, you know, hopefully doing good for the community that helped me out so much. Excellent. Man. Hey, hey, man, I'm 41 and I train jujitsu every other day. So we're, we're, we're grinding. I, yeah, man. I, I know. Go ahead. Get at it. I know I look 41, yep. but I'm actually 42. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, I'm, uh, I'm at least uh, – 12, 13 years older than Tommy here. At least 12 years. But uh, it's the hairdo. It the hairdo makes me Don't look a little that. younger. My know, my, my daughter made me get the 41. mohawk, so uh, trying to stay young here. I'm bald. <laughs> like, bitch, I got hair, all right? There's plenty of hair. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you got some flow still. Me too. I'm not Excellent, bald. Excellent, my man. No. <laughs> um, any, anything you want to leave off with before we get him on, uh, talk about his McDojo plates? Uh, yeah, let's, let's, just, let's just kick it over there, you know? Start yesterday. Well, my man, how did you get started with this huge, huge uh, social media page? I mean, you got over 500,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, you mentioned 400,000 on uh, TikTok and, uh, you know, almost 100,000 on YouTube, Twitter, a ton, man. How did you grow this? Like, you know, how, how does, how, you know, how does somebody become that successful and get that many followers as yourself doing, uh, doing what you're doing? luck <laughs> um, a little bit probably I, I got fortunate like I, I started it because of a conversation I have with a student so um I was a striking uh coach and I was also a kids program director and an admin at the jiu-jitsu academy I was at and I was there that day at a noon class and I was supposed to be like inputting contracts and stuff into the computer 
So I wasn't even supposed to be teaching that day. And my boss calls me and he was like, hey, man, I'm feeling sick. Could you do me a favor and teach class? And at that time, I was like a blue belt. And I was like, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. And he never calls in sick. This man's a machine. It's the only time to this day I've ever heard him be sick. Um, He's so lying. I was then. like, yeah, sure, not a problem. So I taught like an arm bar and a triangle choke and like a transition between the two. And we sparred for the rest of the class. And it was a great time. We had a blast. Well, once that class was over, most of the guys who come in for noon classes are either having to go immediately back to work or they just don't work that day. So most of the guys just didn't work that day. So we're just shooting the shit. And we got on the subject of McDojo's. Mm -hmm. And we started talking about that. And everyone left except for one guy. And he stayed behind. And that guy, it was only his second official class ever. So he did like a free trial class. And then after that, he signed up. And this was his first paid class, right? So he pulled me back to the side. And he goes, hey, man, I'm a little embarrassed. You guys were talking about McDojo's. I don't know what that is. Could you explain it to me? And I was like, yeah, sure, not a problem. So I kind of explained to him what a McDojo was. And he asked me a very simple, direct question that I guess changed my life. He said, why doesn't anybody do anything about that? And I thought about it, and I was like, that's a good fucking question. It's just a good question. It's very basic. Sure. It's not what I ever thought about. And then I started really thinking about the whys. Well, one, there is no requirement to start a martial arts school. There's no certifications. You don't need to know martial arts. You don't need a black belt. Anyone can start a martial arts school. So then I thought about that deeper, and I was like, there is no regulating body to this. So martial arts as a whole has no regulating body. So there's no one that's going to even check up on you. And then I started thinking about it deeper, and I started trying to define what a McDojo was. So I started looking on the internet to see if anybody else had gone down the path. And the only thing that I could find on there was some a forum. It was called Bullshito. Um, <laughs> and those forums were basically like glorified ways for people to feel good about themselves. Um, they would say things like, oh, that's not a real black belt. They got it in like X amount of time, right? They, oh, that guy's not real. He got his black belt in like three years. And I was like, well, that's dumb because no one cares that BJ Penn got his black belt in three. <laughs> and then I started realizing, like, it was a lot of petty infighting that was really just splitting the industry apart. Yeah. Like, martial arts loves to kiss its own ass. <laughs> like, I do jiu-jitsu, so whatever everybody else does doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm the real thing because I fight full contact. So because you're doing kata, it doesn't matter. And then it just kind of hit me. I was like, well, maybe we should define what a McDojo is. And even if we can't agree on everything, maybe there are things we can agree on. And most of what we agree on in martial arts is the things we don't like. <laughs> like, we can agree in some very simple rules. So I put those rules in place, and I started McDojo Life literally the next day. <laughs> very cool. Now, how long ago was this, When uh, when it uh, that first day? 10, 11 years ago. Okay. Okay. So it's been a, it's been a thing consistently, huh? 10 years and 10 years bro how long did it take for you to start reaching like the the, the 100k mark though you know oh shit oh i remember the day like <laughs> so um i'm at that same academy right it's like a couple years forward and we have like a summer camp program so that's about to hit in like a month or two so we rented the building space next door but that building was destroyed so i had to go in there every day like before i taught classes and like clean it so I'm cleaning this building, I'm painting it, I'm like getting it mats laid out in there, and I'm getting it ready for summer camp. And my phone starts vibrating, and I thought it was broken. So I took, and I just shut it off and put it back in my pocket. You gotta remember, I'm painting, so I don't have time to like look at it. Yeah. So I just shut it off, put it back in my pocket, and kept going back painting. 
So I go back to the uh, the academy, right? And when I go back to the academy, I'm about to teach kids class. Yeah. And somebody walked in and they say, hey, man, congratulations. And I go, for what? <laughs> they go, oh, well, Rogan, Joe Rogan talked about you on his show for like 15 minutes. Oh, and I go, what? That's bonkers, man. Yeah. So I pulled out my phone and turned it on. And if you've ever, if anybody out there has an iPhone, when you turn your phone on, when there's a lot of notifications, it scrolls. Like they'll pop up and they'll just scroll. It did that for like five minutes. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, oh my God. And then like I went from, I want to think like 50,000 followers to like 100 like that. It was wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? It's just, listen. I'm I'm small time around here. Uh, you know, I got uh, some popularity in says New England. You. Says it, you. Stop it. Small in time. New England and stuff. My social pages ain't that big. I been on TikTok probably about nine, ten months, and it, it really only takes you know one person, one influential person, or even one viral video yeah. or you know a reel. To, to bring people in. Now, I posted, I, I took a reel from somebody. It was a couple of fighters that were weighing in, and one fighter was giving the other fighter shit, like, I'm going to knock you out. Mm. And, um, you know, I posted, put a song to it, and then I threw it on TikTok. It got 3 million fucking views. Like, I've never got over 3,000 views, mm -hmm. never mind three. My, I'm, I work full time. I'm at the, I work for the post. I'm at the post office. And my phone for three days would not stop, like, just people, followers, 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 followers. Um, you know, it's luck, some of it. You know what I mean? I mean, you can put out the best product, the best content, and you're not going to get the reach that you want. It takes somebody with influence or, you know, something, somebody to share something for people to actually jump on your page and go, wow. This shit's pretty cool, man. Like, where's this been? You know, it's not... They they actually get drawn to the, the past posts and uh, they see what you're all about and that you're, you're actually pretty creative and that's where the, you know, the spiral effect kind of, you know, took off. I mean, I'm never going to get to 400,000 followers. I'll be dead by then on uh, TikTok. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's it, it could be one video. It could be Joe Rogan. Uh, it could be, you know, Robin Black. I mean, they're all huge followers that, you know, they mention your name and, hey, follow this guy. Follow. They go back to your previous content and just start following you from there, man. Uh, it's, just a, it, it's just a domino effect. I mean, you get tons and tons of people following you. It's, it's, so congratulations on, you know, the Joe Rogan thing, man. Uh, you know, I, I, geez, if he mentioned my name, I'd faint. <laughs> It's it's a it's a strange thing to just get recognized. Like, to be honest, I'm just happy that someone in our industry recognized the work I was doing. That's all I gave a shit about. Um, followers for me just allows me a larger voice to be able to make a bigger impact. I don't give a shit about the number. As a matter of fact, if no one followed me but a million people heard what I had to say, I'd be just as happy with that. The idea is that I want to help people in the community. Mm -hmm. And I'm fortunate that I have been given the platform to be able to reach more people than I did when I started. And that's given a lot of leeway. I've done stories about fraud and rape and murder and extortion, um, unsafe practices, pedophilia. Um, and I've, over the course of the time I've been doing the Dojo Life, I've had 
bad coaches removed from their studios because they were abusive or they were sexually harassing women or they were pedophiles or I've been able to get people money back from companies like Endo Athletics who's consistently ripping people off. Um, you know, and it's funny that that didn't exist before what I did. And I think that's sad for our industry. And I love seeing copycat pages. I love seeing pages that do what I do because that means there's more people calling out bullshit. I fucking love it. I think it's amazing. Um, there are pages that have popped up, um, because I started doing what I was doing and they do the exact same thing. And I tell them, please use my content. Please say their name. Please put it out there. I don't give a shit if you reach an extra 20 people that I never knew existed or don't follow me or don't know what I do. I don't give a shit. We can share the wealth. The idea is that the information is getting out there to help people in an industry that's unregulated. Huge. Um, well, let's that. let's talk a little bit about some of the content. Like you just mentioned, like you, uh, you know, you, 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 you bring the light, the bad things that are happening at these, uh, you know, these karate gyms and gyms like that. Um, you know, I just saw one that, you know, I'm looking right now on your page. Sambo instructor kills seven year old student during class. What the so, fuck? and yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. And he, I mean, you put some, you put the funny stuff up there, around. meme kind of that stuff, content like that. But like you said, you put real stories and you bring to life some of the terrible things that are happening in gyms and, uh, you know, in the industry, which, uh, you know, as we know, you know, kids are very influential and parents too. They're looking for an outlet to bring their kids to. And if you bring them to the wrong place, mm -hmm. uh, the kid might feel, you know, surrounded by love, but these key people could be putting the wrong influence in these kids that is uh, really going to stick, man. So, um, man, talk about some of the content and the ideas, like where do you get these ideas? And does do people um, message you sometimes with, hey, you should cover this. Hey, uh, you know, this is going on. You mind if you, you know, talk about this, investigate it, and uh, you know, bring it to life so we can, uh, you know, expose these people. Um, yeah, I, it all just comes from five very specific rules that I gave the page. the The five rules are what I live and die by on the page, and they're very simple to understand. Um, that's what I start looking for. Uh, the first one is I don't believe that anyone who is a pedophile should be teaching martial arts. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that if you have sexually assaulted people that you belong in a position of power over people. Um, because track records show that if someone's done that once, they're going to do it again. And in martial arts, we do this thing where we give people virtues that haven't earned them. We don't even know these people. And yet, when we walk in because they have a black piece of cloth around their waist, we say that they have honor and integrity and respect and discipline. Why? Mm -hmm. We don't do that shit with anyone else. I've never gone to my mechanic and going, you know, that guy's got honor and integrity. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I just say, fix my car. But when it comes to martial arts, people just give people virtues for no reason. And it's a breeding ground to take advantage of them. Um, and so my first rule is I don't think pedophiles should be in the martial arts industry. I think that's an awesome number one rule. Week, no doubt. I can type in martial arts arrested in Google and I find someone who's raped a kid. It happens every week. Now, I've been doing this shit for 10 years. Add that up. Yeah. Think about how often that happens. And most of it is because people are avoiding trying to be a McDojo. They try not to make it a business. 
And by not making it a business, they don't put in checks and balances in their school. They don't put in rules and regulations in their school with simple things that businesses do, like, I don't know, require a federal and local background check. They just look at somebody and go, come on in. Why? Because he has a black belt. That shit doesn't matter anywhere in the world except for three places. It matters in a martial arts school. It matters in competition. And it matters when you're trying to defend your life. Those are the only three times that skill matters. No one's ever sitting in a board meeting. It's the CEO, the CFO, and the head of research and development. And we're trying to figure out how to make our multi-million dollar company more successful. And as we're having the conversation, the fucking janitor walks in. And everyone stops talking and we go, hey, hold on. Steve, the janitor, can beat us all up. Let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> that shit's never going to fucking happen. Do you know why? Because that skill does not matter in most places. It's a silly thing that we put our instructors on such high pedestals when they haven't earned it. And step one, treat your martial arts school like a business. Treat it like a legitimate business. And if you do so, you'll solve a lot of issues. Like, for instance, the pedophilia problem in our industry. So that's rule number one is no pedophiles. Rule number two, unsafe training practices and cult-like behavior. We should not dictate what someone can and cannot do outside of our facility. That is not our job. And in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, for instance, there's a, a term called the crianch. And a crianch means a traitor. It basically means somebody who is paying you at your facility, but decides that they're going to go train at another facility. Why do I give a shit? Why do I care? If I'm Walmart, do you think I care that somebody else went to Target every once in a while? Am I going to ban them from Walmart? Am I going to stop them from shopping here because they paid someone else once? No. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. But martial arts loves to do that shit. Mm -hmm. The unsafe training practices part of that is people love to abuse their students under the guise of tough love. I'm going to beat his ass because of X. I'm going to injure him because he did this. I'm going to punish them because they didn't show up on time. Why? They're paying you as a customer. That's a fact. So abusing them is not going to make them better at what they do. It just makes you an asshole. Um, rule number three, lying about your belt rank and your fight record. I think it's pretty easy for us all to agree that you shouldn't lie to your students. Why? People had to fight and earn that fight record. People had to bleed for that. People got injured for that. They earned those numbers. Your belt rank, the same way. You had to fight hard and work your way through to, in order to earn that belt rank. And if you didn't, that's you lying to your customer. Most customers, when they join a martial arts facility, only know to ask one question. And that question is, how much does this cost? That's it. That's the only question they know to ask because they've never done this before. So when they walk into a martial arts facility and you say, hey, it costs this much. Oh, by the way, I also have all these world titles and I'm a black belt in 75 different uh, martial arts, and you lie to them, that's the first conversation. You're probably going to lie to them about other things as well. The next one, no-touch knockouts and mislabeling technique. You can't knock people out with your mind. That's bullshit. Right? I don't care what you call it. You can call it the Holy Spirit. You can call it Tanaga Dalam. You can call it Chi. You can call it Ki. You can call it whatever you want to call it. I call it bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's one word that encompasses all that crap. You can't knock somebody out with your mind, right? Mislabeling techniques goes along with that because that gives people a false sense of security. Someone goes into a martial arts facility for a cardio kickboxing class, and you turn around and tell them they're going to become a world kickboxing champion, you're lying to them. They're hitting a bag to lose weight. 
they're not going to be a kickboxing champion because you don't even spar in that class. So it's something that's important that we label things the way they are. You want to do a keto? Do a keto. Do you want to do acrobatic kicking and become the best stunt performer and being John Wick? Do that. That's awesome. But don't do stunt work and call it self-defense. That's a false sense of security. That'll get someone hurt. And then finally, so we have pedophiles, unsafe training practices, lying about your belt rank and fight record, no-touch knockouts, shady business practices. The last one, don't rip off your students. Whatever the price is, be honest. If you want to charge $5,000 a month and you want to charge somebody for belt testings every week, as long as you're honest with them about it up front, who gives a shit? If you lie to them, that's a problem. If you say, hey, man, uh, it's only going to be $100 a month. Cool. I signed the contract. And then all of a sudden there's an extra fee and an extra upcharge and an extra this. You're, you're, you're being a fraud. You're lying to them. You were not honest with them up front. And so those are five, I think, very simple rules that guide the page. And hopefully everyone can agree with because most of those are illegal. <laughs> yeah, I like those rules, man. I think uh, that hits hits them right on the head, and it's pretty simple to fucking understand. Definitely. Yeah. The idea is that most martial artists can't agree on shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, you get you get a karate guy and a, a BJJ guy in the room who are devout with their art, and you try to convince them that they're just as good as, as each other, you're going to get a long argument. Yeah. Right? If I get them both in a room and I say pedophiles are bad, they yeah. both agree. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um man, so speaking about, you know, you can't do uh martial arts, you can't knock someone out with your mind. You put a lot of stuff on your page as far as kind of comedic kind of stuff as well. It's I mean, you got some serious stuff there on on stories that are hurting kids and hurting the community. But you also put some kind of uh you know, some some kind of a bunch of funny stuff up there. And do you put a lot of like you defunct a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff, like knocking stuff people up with your mind in a, a comedic way. Do you, how do you come up with like do you come up with these ideas and I mean you got a ton of content on here. Like you must be on the internet constantly and then you know revamping what you see and making it your own style to fit your page. My God, because that's a creative mind right there. I mean it's a very intelligent mind to be able to do that stuff. And you know what what. When you put up content, like what's where's the light go off? Like, are you just searching the internet and you're like, hey, I can uh, kind of bring this into an idea, this this kind of uh, footage that I'm seeing, and I can make it work for like what I'm thinking about putting up there. Like, how do you come up with ideas and and throw it up there? Well, I think half the battle is understanding lineage. Um, I don't know if anybody out there is watching as a, a martial arts enthusiast, but lineage is a huge part of martial arts. Most people who receive a black belt say, I have a black belt under so-and-so. I received my black belt from so-and-so, right? So lineage makes it easy for me to do my job because just like real martial artists, fake martial arts and frauds also have lineages. You got a guy like George Dillman, for instance, who runs, oh, ran, uh, he retired, but he ran George or Dillman Karate International. It's called Delman Karate International because it's quite literally an art that he spread all over the world. He believes he can knock people out with his mind. And yet <laughs> he has hundreds, if not thousands, of schools around the world. Now, that might blow your mind, but it's true. So it's not that hard to find the content if you know what you're looking for. 
like um, the Bujinkan, for instance. The Bujinkan, in my opinion, is a massive cult run by a guy named Hatsumi Sensei. And their fifth-degree black belt test is called the Saki test. And the Saki test is literally called killing intent. So you're supposed to sense the person is trying to harm you and jump out of the way during this test. So in this test, you're in what's called a Seiza position, which is basically you just on your knees. And there's an instructor behind you with what's called a Shinai, which is like a bamboo sword. And he is supposed to come down and try to crack you on top of the head with this stick. You're supposed to not use your sight, sound, touch, feel, any of that. You're supposed to sense his killing intent and dodge it out of the way before he cracks you in the head. Now, of course, this is bullshit. And Hatsumi Sensei always cracks people on the head that he doesn't want to pass the test. But it's something that is used as a tool to guide people into the cult because it's the fifth degree black belt test. So do you want to become an instructor of this? Well, we got to go through this test. And it's a fascinating culture because that's just one art with one batshit crazy thing. Imagine all the different arts. Imagine the arts like Kyoshu Jitsu. That none of the figureheads, by the way, are licensed acupuncturists. None. None of them. But for some reason, they teach acupuncture. <laughs> like, so none of you are actually certified to do the thing you're teaching. Okay? Scary. Sounds believable. But people in droves want to believe in the death touch or the demonic. They want to believe that there's something like that because, unfortunately, people can be easily manipulated. I actually have a test for it, too. <laughs> I'll take that test. <laughs> uh, anything you want to ask him about the page? I mean, uh, no, Sahib, I, you've been following him for a, a, you know yeah, a uh, long, long time. Anything you want to? My biggest ask? thing is I know you started the page, but have you along your career? I know you've been saying you've been training since what, like twenty six years. That's literally how old I am. <laughs> right, how 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 many McDojas have you encountered in your like journey? Yeah, that you've been to, right? That you've been to. Because my first, my first, the first gym I trained at. And I fight now. The first gym I ever trained at was a McDo McDojo. My you know? first Taekwondo gym was a McDojo, and you know he had the one touch thing and all that nonsense. Yeah, that. I was a little. I was a kid. Me and my dad went. Um, right now, I have I have four thousand posts on Instagram alone, um, and I typically post once a day, and I try really hard not to duplicate. Now, sometimes I'll duplicate just because there's one I think that needs a little more exposing. But a lot of those are pretty much unique. Um, they're not in, uh, exclusive to certain areas of the world. They're all over the world. Um, you have certain styles. Like, let's say, for instance, you have Sistema. Uh, Sistema, uh, recently one of the figureheads just passed away. His name's Mikhail. Now, Mikhail has videos where he literally says that I can barely touch these people and I will put them to sleep. And he puts the students to sleep. He has videos where he is claimed to hold the man down on the ground without touching him and drained all of his energy where the guy could not move. And he convinced the guy he could not move and the guy believed it. Um, you have guys like Vladimir, who's the second figurehead, who's still in charge of Sistema at this moment. Vladimir Vasilev put out a video uh, that's an instructional video called psychic energy i shit you not it's an instructional video called psychic energy and he talks the entire video which is an hour-long video about how to use your psychic powers to defend yourself um and yet even though there's all this evidence the followers still believe that they're taken out of context or there's a guy named edon abelman 
Edon Abelnick runs a thing called the Kala system, which is just glorified Krav Maga. He lied about his resume, got caught lying about his resume. He shot a student doing gun disarms with live ammunition. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, laughing. But... Yeah. Not funny. Funny, crazy. It's almost sounds like it's, it almost sounds like it's made up, right? Yeah. It almost sounds made I, up. How did he not see that coming? Yeah. Um, I got a good question. Like, okay. you have guys like uh, David Arnbeck, who molested a 15-year-old girl in his home and pled guilty to doing so and oh. still runs Warriors Cove today and is still allowed around children because he took a plea deal. You have guys like Gary Snap Ferguson, who had multiple restraining orders against him and was caught raping a child under the age of 14 years old. Still runs a martial arts studio today. You have guys like uh, Brian Antak, who hired, or who are hired, he had Gary teaching kids at his facility, even though Gary was a registered sex offender. Um, you have guys like, uh, I don't know, the list goes on, man. I can sit here and just name them all off if you want. I've done a lot of them. How about this one? There's a guy named Bobby Joe Blythe who literally murdered a guy on camera, had one of his students beat him to death on camera. What? They stomped his head till his head bled. They drug him out the back door. That person was never seen from again, and they posted that on YouTube. Dude, I remember that. that. I remember that. That was... Was this recently I mean, yeah. or a few years ago? Like how how long was this? I saw it. I saw it years. Oh. If if it's the same with it, I saw it years ago. It was a big story that I saw, and I'm like, how didn't they? How didn't they get caught? Did they eventually get caught, or they got they had to? They put it on YouTube, right? No, he has never been convicted for murder because they couldn't find the body. Oh my God! What the <laughs> fuck? That's amazing. wasn't it just a guy that came off the street? One of the it was a person. It was a homeless oh person yes. who was. He came in, he, uh, Bobby turned on the camera, um, which is an old school camera, um, asked his instructor to spar him. They fought. He stomped on his head while his head was on the floor until it bled. Usually not a good sign. Yeah. And they dropped his body out the back door while it wasn't moving. Um, that same guy, by the way, has another video online where he was hired out to do a demonstration at a elementary school. He has all these kids gathered around, and he does his demonstration. And he thought it was wise to plant someone in the audience. So he had an audience member planted who was supposed to say, that won't work on the street. So the guy stands up after this is all done. He goes, that won't work on the street. And he and Bobby Joe Blythe pulls out a gun that has a blank in it and pretends to shoot him. Now, if you've ever shot a blank, it sounds like a real gunshot going off. The guy sold it well. All the kids in the crowd start crying. <laughs> now, if you've never heard like 50 kids cry at once, it's pretty heart-wrenching. The guy pretends to die. They bring in paramedics as a part of the demonstration and drag his lifeless body out in front of children. These kids thought they witnessed an actual murder. That's and insane. that guy thought that was a good idea to do in front of kids. Um, how about this one? How about a, a story called Dojo Pizza? Okay. Have you ever heard of Dojo Pizza? Never heard of Dojo no. Pizza. So this is a horrific story, but I'm it's gonna true. have I'm gonna have nightmares tonight, <laughs> my no, God. For real. <laughs> I haven't even talked about the gang rapes that I've seen from martial arts studios. I haven't talked about the eight year old who slit his own throat because he believed in an inner power called Tanaga Dalam, or the thirteen year old kids who were run over by a truck and killed in Indonesia because they believed they had supernatural abilities. Um, it, it it gets horrific yeah. the shit that I have seen, and. It's stressful, but it's necessary. You can't ignore the shit just because it's uncomfortable. 
Like, I'm, here's an analogy for you, and here's what keeps me doing what I'm doing. So I get death threats all the time. I'm having to deal with a fucking lawsuit right now. I get cease and desist letters all the time. It never stops, but I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because it's the right thing to do. In my mind, let's imagine martial arts is a sky-rise building, and each floor is a little different. Let's say floor number one is karate, floor two is taekwondo, jiu-jitsu, and so on, all the way up to sky-rise. The current thought process in the martial arts world is, yeah, they're crazy, but I'm just going to worry about my students and making myself and my students better, and I'm not going to concern myself with that drama. Okay, that's fair. Well, let's imagine we're in that skyrise building I was just talking about. And every day you go to your martial arts class, you have to check in at the front desk. So you check in at the front desk, and when you do, they buzz you up, and you can go to whatever floor you're going to train at. But when you do that, you look over to your left, and you see a guy trying to set the building on fire. And you ignore it. Don't you think eventually he's going to set the building on fire? I would imagine so if he's trying every day. So why do we sit here and ignore this shit pretending it's not happening? All we're doing at that point is enabling it. We're allowing it to destroy an industry that we're supposed to be using to help people. And I think that it's important to stand up and say that's bullshit and stop that from happening before the building gets set on fire. Question. You mentioned, you know, earlier, you mentioned these people as a cult. In order for these these followers and these students to believe they can hurt someone with their mind. Do you think there, and other things that you mentioned, people, you know, kids get in front of a truck thinking they can, uh, you know, withstand that and go, you know, it'll just go through them. Are these, do they feed on the, un, like an unstable mind? Um, you know, what, how, how does someone believe that? Is it, you know, how do they get someone to believe that? I mean, cults, they're all over the place yep. and they got thousands and thousands of followers. I mean, uh, televangelists, all that other that can cure, you know, cancer on the stage. You got people believe in that. What type of, because I could never believe it. I mean, I, it's almost like you, they're hypnotizing these people. How do they have the power to influence these people to the fact that they can risk their life believing this person? It's like telling someone to jump off, you know, the Golden State Bridge, and they'll survive it with, uh, you know... Did you, you, know, get, did you not, get hypnotized? Stop it. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking I'll, about last week. I'll ask you a couple questions, right? Um, and I can only see you guys in the periphery. I yeah. just see your hands. Yeah. So um, just from what I'm looking at right now. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to ask you guys a question. If you can just reach your hand and so I can see... Um, can any of you guys give me a thumbs up if you believe you could not be taken advantage of by a cult leader? As of right now? There's not one, be. there's two, there's I would three. Not be. Okay. I have a line of questioning that I guarantee you I can change your mind. Okay, go for it. Oh, my, I'm scared now. Um, any of us can be taken advantage of, and we've talked to cult leader or cult experts. We've talked to that. psychologists. We've talked to people who have had to deal with people who have been in cults. And there's a very simple line of questioning that will kind of guide you to understand it better, right? Are any of you doctors? No. Nope. No. None of you are doctors? Nope. No, I'm not a doctor. Do any of you believe you could do open heart surgery better than a doctor? <laughs> no. 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 Thank you for the thumbs down. That lets me see. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Are any of you lawyers? No. Do any of you think you'd be able to practice law better than lawyers? Uh, maybe. No. Uh, no. 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 You're, dead. You're, you're dead, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy's out of it. No. You didn't go through eight years of law school yes. to become a lawyer. For sure. No, you can't. I'm making a joke. Right? Are any of you mechanics? No. Nope. Do any of you believe you can fix a car better than a mechanic? No. Nope. I've tried. Are any of you brain surgeons? Nope. Definitely not. Do any of you believe that you'd be able to do brain surgery better than a brain surgeon? Nope. Nope. Are any of you con artists? Depends no. who you are. Do any of you believe that you'd be able to understand a con better than a con artist? Probably not. No. 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 Exactly. Can't. Mm. So what we look at is when we see a con artist, we see gullible people. That is not how a con works. It's not gullible people. It's somebody who is a professional at a professional job like any other job who has studied and learned and figured out how to manipulate people at a mm -hmm. high level. Sure. Jim Jones was able to convince people yep. to move out of the country, to go to his cult, to drink Kool-Aid where they were murdered. Mm -hmm. Why? Do you think he got lucky? Do you think they were all stupid? No. He was a good con artist. As a matter of fact, Jim Jones used to practice preaching. He would go to every single one of the churches in his area, listen to the preachers and the priests preach, he would learn from them. He would go out into the woods, and he would practice as a kid. As a child, he would practice how to preach. He was learning how to manipulate people, and he was taking advantage of people at a young age. He started off as one of the founding leaders of the civil rights movement. When no one was allowing African Americans to go into their restaurants, he brought entire congregations of 50 to 75 to 100 people from his church in and forced those restaurants to let them in because he said, hey, I'm going to take these people to one of these restaurants and I'll bring them every Sunday. Either you let us in to spend our hard-earned money or we're going somewhere else. And slowly but surely, he was able to uh, desegregate and allow those people inside those restaurants. He did that. But that's not what we hear. We hear about what happens after the cocaine and after the rapes and after the power because it doesn't start off that way. It's guided that way. He started off, I'm such a nice guy. Look at me doing all these great things for the community. And then took advantage of them. But he had power before that. Or how about, uh, there's a, a documentary called Wild Wild Country. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. No. Great documentary. I've heard about, about it. About a cult on Netflix. That cult was made up of doctors and lawyers and architects and engineers. They built an entire city with just the cult members alone. Now, it's not dumb people that make cities. These are intelligent people. And they were taken advantage of to the point where they eventually poisoned the town next door and killed multiple people. Um, you know, look at uh, David Koresh. Yep. Yeah. Look at Wake, Texas. Again, these are people who were taken advantage of. And to this day, even though he's dead, those previous followers still believe he was the second coming of God. Of Jesus. They believe that still, even though he died. Like, even though there was a shootout, even though people were killed. Even though he didn't it's get resurrected. It's not dumb people who were taken advantage of by cult leaders. It's intelligent people who think they can't be taken advantage of. We can all be taken advantage of. We just don't want to believe that. And that wall, when it comes down, makes life so much easier to take advantage of somebody. Prime example, Diego Sanchez.
Yeah. Diego Lopez oh, is already shit, an eccentric yeah. man. Yeah. No one thinks different. He's a different kind of dude, right? <laughs> but here comes Joshua Fabia along in his time of need and completely turned Diego Sanchez's career on its head and destroyed that man's life in a very small period of time. And what people like to forget as well is Stephen Bonner was a part of that exact same cult all the way up until he died. Yep. So it's not dumb people who get taken advantage of or naive people. It's intelligent people who just don't think they could be taken advantage of. That makes a lot of sense, man. That That's truly uh, opening my eyes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. If you was going to give like a like a general guideline for people who like, you know, maybe never trained, maybe like never experienced something like that, what would be like some things people should look out for? You know, just for people listening. Oh, well, um, so let's, like, we can compare it to Catholicism. Have any of you been to Catholic Mass or a Catholic? Yeah, yeah. I grew up Catholic. Yeah, so. Not a long time, but yeah. Okay, so every church is a little different, even within Catholicism. Um, and I, I'm agnostic, so I believe in my heart I just don't know. So I'm always looking for more information and trying to figure it out, right? I'm not going to say I know when I don't. So, but... I used to have to go to midnight mass with my best friend's mom every uh, Christmas Eve. And if you've ever been to midnight mass, it's a big deal. Yeah. Right? So you go and, um, you know, it's always packed and it's a huge deal. So I used to go every year and I went for like 10, 10, maybe 12 years every year. Right. And so when we would go, you know, within that time, certain churches close. It does happen. And you have to go to a different one or whatever. But what I noticed is there are very close similarities between martial arts and Catholicism. And I'll give you an example, right? So walk down this path with me. So when you go into a church, sometimes there's holy water right when you walk in. Sometimes there's like a bowl of holy water. And for lack of better words, forgive me if I'm ignorant in how I say this, but you anoint yourself, right? You, you put your finger in the holy water and you kind of bless yourself or anoint yourself, whatever that may be. And of course, I'm not Catholic. I would witness people doing this. So they put their finger in the holy water and, you know, up, down, left, right or whatever, and they walk forward. Some Catholic churches don't have that. It's just not something that's there. Some do, some don't. Some people, right before they go to a pew, they would take a knee and do the same thing without the holy water. And some people wouldn't. Well, martial arts is very similar. Some martial arts studios require you to do that at the door. There are schools where you have to bow at the door. And then there are certain schools that you don't. Most you don't. Then you have the mat. Most schools require you to bow on the mat or bow off the mat, right? Which is very similar to that whole... Up, down, left, right true. thing we just talked about, right? Yeah. Sometimes you do it at the pew. Sometimes you got to do it at the bowl of holy water. Sometimes you do it at both. Sometimes you don't do it at all. Well, martial arts is very identical to that. Then when we get into the mat, the Catholic mass, everyone's sitting on one side of the room, and we're looking at the preacher or priest, whatever you'd like to call them, and they're at the front, and they're giving you a sermon. They're teaching you something. There are lessons to be learned. Well, martial arts is the same way. We're all on one side of the room watching and observing one person teaching a class. Then behind that preacher or priest, there's usually a statue, a photo, or a stained glass of Jesus Christ right behind whoever's teaching or preaching. In martial arts, we usually have a photo of one of the instructors or if not multiple instructors that came before us on the wall behind them. Very similar. At one point in Catholic Mass, everyone stands up and they turn around and they start shaking each other's hands. Peace be with you. Hey, nice to meet you. That kind of thing, right? Well, martial arts, at some point, we do the exact same thing, either when class is over and sometimes at the beginning. Hey, man, good class. Hey, good job. Hey, everybody did a great job, right? So what's the difference? What's the difference? Nothing. The only difference is what they're teaching you. 
That's it. And a, and a religion, they're teaching you about religion. And martial arts, they're teaching you martial arts. But all of those little rituals are almost identical. They're almost the exact same thing, right? And the Bujin Kong, you have to literally say a prayer before the martial arts class starts. An entire martial arts organization, you have to say a prayer where there is a shrine that you have to bow to. That's almost 100% identical to a Catholic mass where you might stand up and sing a hymn or whatever, right? So the only difference between a martial arts studio, a religion, and a cult is one thing, just my opinion, right? This isn't verbatim. I'm sure there are other people more intelligent than me that can articulate it better than I can. But in my opinion, the only difference between a religion, a martial art, and a cult is the intent of the leader. That's it. If it's all about the follower and giving to the follower or giving to the student, you're either in a religion or a martial art. If your instructor cares about your well-being, cares about what you're getting out of this, and is trying to guide you to your goals, that's a good martial arts instructor. If you go and they're like, you can't go train over there. You're not allowed to go anywhere else other than here. This is where you train. You're going to be a world champion. Well, that, that's not about you. That's them telling you what they want. That's for them. Now you're in a cult. When you're in a, a religion and all they care about is what they're getting, pay me, give me, I, 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 that's a cult. And you can see that in televangelism, right, where they're selling holy water for $1,000 a pop to make you believe you're going to get richer while they get richer and drive off in their Humvee. You know, so it's a very fine line between religion, martial art and cult. It's all about what the leader is doing. Is it about the leader or is it about you? So, Rob, is this something that you I mean, you have this page, you have this social media that you can, you know. Influence us as far as what to watch for and give us news. I never even thought of looking at your page and all these martial artists and all. And I'm sure there's hundreds and thousands more that you don't get to with stories of. Uh, you know, bad things that they're doing in the community. Um, But do you go out and, I mean, you seem like someone that could do seminars for kids and and go out and speak the way you're speaking to us and influence people to get them acclimated and influence them in a way that they can kind of have their guard up. More, not only for kids, for parents that are given these these martial arts schools, their kids yeah. to take care of because it's like going to school. They're there maybe two, two hours and sometimes they stay longer until, you know, the parents come and pick them up. They have daycares there mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, is that something that you've done, you're thinking of doing, or are you, you know, that, you know, just influence and helping people out, not only on your page, but in person going out and doing like seminars or, you know, you know, talks at schools and stuff. So I spoke at a thing called the Martial Arts Super Show. Um, I did that uh, two years ago or three. It was like before COVID kind of thing or right after COVID. It was one or the other. Um, But when I spoke there, I had the opportunity to kind of talk a little bit about what I do. Um, But I think in general, I can reach more people the way we're doing it now. Yeah. Um, If I go to a classroom, yeah, I might influence the 50 people who show up or the 75 or whatever. We can have conversations like this, and it could reach thousands of people. Um, so it's just this just seems like a more efficient way to do it. And plus, I could be at my house, yeah, and just shoot the shit with you guys, and still reach more people and impact more people. I think, you know, it's one of those things where I got told one time by someone 
that I care about that um, no one's ever had an original thought. This is something that I was told. They said anything that you've ever thought someone else has already ever has already thought of before. And I've never agreed with that. I still don't agree with that. I think everyone is unique. Everyone's individual. I think everyone down is like a, a fucking snowflake or a, a thumbprint, right? <laughs> Everyone's different. And because of that, you have to approach everybody differently with the way that you give information. And I found, at least through the internet, it's allowed me a much wider net. And one thing that people tend to respond to better is not like I'm speaking now, uh, but how I present McDojo Life, which is like humorous. People mm -hmm. like to laugh. And once you can get them to laugh, you can get them to listen. And if you can get them to listen, now you have their attention. And now that I have their attention, I guarantee there are people watching right now because they like laughing at the page and have no clue about the seriousness of what I do. But now I got their attention, so now they're listening. And so it seems like this way of doing things is going to impact people greater than if I just went from dojo to dojo to dojo trying to teach 50 people at a time. Great. So um, listening to you talk about this, makes me feel a lot better about the gym that me and Sahib uh, train at and love. Uh, all these red flags are not hitting for ours. Very family-based. Our, our coach, Pete Jeffrey, loves us, loves to teach us, encourages going around to other uh, schools and learning as much as we can and, you know, small things like – not paying for the belts, uh, not being required to bow or anything nonsense like that. It's all just very learning-based, uh, caring, uh, community-based, yeah. and that's that's makes me happy. Yeah, compare that to like love compare that to like the sorry about the, the the first gym I was at. I've been at Triforce about for about what five six years now, mm -hmm. and before that I was training at a uh, a Muay Thai gym. You know, um, the gym's well known in our area. It's really well known mm -hmm. actually, but it's one of those gyms to where you know. Uh, you know, you bow to the master, mm -hmm. you know, you give grace, you give thanks. Um, you have to pay, it, you know, the, the, the fees, like you were saying earlier, they're hidden fees, yep. a bunch of those. The instructor, when you have a conversation with him, he's a lot more of like a demeaning, intimidating type of person rather than a guy you can actually have a conversation with. You know, um, you know things like abusing his instructors, not in front of us, but like, you know, they're alone time if they don't teach the way he wants to with things like that. So I'm actually starting to think like, Maybe it wasn't McDojo. I was like, maybe I was just, maybe I was part of a call. Or something. Yo, you know maybe you were, you were maybe in. I got up well, a call early. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the funny part about like McDojo's is I believe personally that one of the reasons they they've continued is because in most places that call other places McDojo's are McDojo's. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's astonishing. So I'll give you a couple examples of old school mentalities that I've been fighting so hard to get rid of. Right. One of the old school mentalities is that gym charges too much. They'll point at the gym across the street who's financially successful and they'll call them a McDojo because they're themselves not financially successful. Who gives a shit how much they're charging? Yeah. If it's worth it, people will pay it. That's how it is. If I'm charging for a Lamborghini, do you think I'm going to charge you a Honda price? No, I'm selling you a Lamborghini. I'm charging you Lamborghini price because I know what my program or what my, my car is worth. And so cost is subjective to the individual. What's expensive to me is not expensive to Bill Gates. That's a fact. So if we put that on a smaller scale. What's expensive to somebody who's making six figures a year is not expensive to the guy who's working at McDonald's. 
right? There's a difference. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, most people spend money on shit they can't fucking afford anyway. You know, they have to pay for a car through payments because they couldn't afford the car. They have to pay on the house through payments because they couldn't afford the house. They pay, but they can damn sure afford that Netflix. Mm -hmm. They damn sure can afford that Starbucks. They can afford that fast food that's killing them slowly. They have no problem paying for shit that they can't afford anyway. The difference is, what is your program providing of value? Is it helping people? And what does that work? Like, one of the things that comes up all the time is, like I said, I do business consulting for martial arts schools, is having to fight that mentality of, oh, they charge too much. Well, are people paying it? And are you being honest about it? Um, Another thing that comes up all the time is belts. Somebody goes, oh, that's not a real black belt. He got his black belt in like three years. Okay. Well, he got his black belt in three years in Taekwondo. BJ Penn got his black belt in three years in Jiu-Jitsu. Does that mean BJ Penn is not a legitimate black belt? Because he fucking is. (laughs) Oh, well, it's because he's doing Jiu-Jitsu and not Taekwondo. So it's because he's doing the art you do that you agree with it and not doing an art you don't do. So like these weird standards are what are killing the industry. When we start looking at this and the reality of things is a school that's running well as a business is less likely to have these slip-ups. It's less likely to have someone raped. It's less likely to have a pedophile. It's less likely to fraud people because they're treating it like a business. If you treat your business like a hobby, it's going to become your hobby again. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, some of these gyms that are – the legitimate gyms, they um, they oust the bad blood oh, yeah. in the gym because yep. oh, yeah. it's like a cancer in there. I mean, kind of happens. They naturally. they don't want that in there. They don't mm-hmm. want that bad influence. I see that with Triforce. They've mm-hmm. they've knocked some people out of there that yep. have been there for years, mm-hmm. coached, and mm-hmm. it happens in other camps too. If you're just giving off a bad vibe, and you're a good gym. You're gonna get rid of that, man, because mm-hmm. you're gonna. It's gonna bring the whole gym down. That just Definitely. spreads I've through it. everything. I've seen, I've seen it in other gyms. It you know, sucks, one badass man. in it. It's the same. It if you thing. take a spoiled piece of fruit and you put it in a bowl with good fruit, all the other fruit is spoiled. Yep. Yep. So has anyone ever uh, approached you negatively? You know, pissed off at your reporting, challenged <laughs> you, confronted you. He says he gets death threats. And he, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I almost forgot about the death threats thing. Fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. He's got the receipts. This is a, nice this is a lawsuit I'm dealing with right now. So, And I can't wait to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So there's this guy, and uh, his name is David Arnbeck. David Arnbeck runs a place. Let me make sure I enunciate this correctly so everyone can hear and understand. Mm-hmm. He runs David Arnbeck. all these guys have weird names and so he he had a gentleman named gary snap ferguson and gary ferguson is a convicted sex offender oh god gary snap ferguson was working around children inside this facility not only at his old facility but also at his new facility um gary snap ferguson is not a stranger to publicity about this there have been multiple stories about him um, there have been multiple restraining orders, and he has been brought up on charges for raping multiple children. And as a matter of fact, the current girlfriend that he has right now, he met when she was underage. 
And so it's not like he's just like, oopsie, I I accidentally was peeing and a kid walked by. <laughs> no, he was raping kids. Jeez. And so to have somebody like that work in a martial arts facility should be disgusting it is. to anyone. But here we go. We have somebody like, uh, I'm sorry, this I was talking about David Arnbeck. That's a different person. This is Brian Antak of Brian Antak's Kempo Karate. I apologize for that mispronunciation of the word. So Brian Antak had this dude at his facility. And once that happened, when that started going public, rather than saying, I apologize, I made a mistake, I should have done a background check on this employee or on this volunteer, whichever it was at the time, who I allowed around children, he blamed me for calling it out. Jeez. Wow. So I'll tell you this. Kiss my ass twice <laughs> at the hole. Uh -huh. I'm going to fucking call that out every time I see it. And as a matter of fact, you can sue me every time I fucking say it for all I care. He allowed a sex offender in his studio and to my knowledge has not owned up to it yet. Yes. And he's suing you for or trying to for exposing that. Yep, he's calling it defamation of terror. Yep, well, right. then he, I mean, every news station in the world, uh, you know, that brings to light this kind of they shit. about that story. It, you know, can be sued. It's just, uh, you know, a way to make himself, yeah, you, can you, know, sue, you can sue anyone. Deny, deny it even more. Well, what he doesn't know is the level of petty that is in my soul. <laughs> so what's going to wind up happening is I actually sent the lawsuit Docket. And I oh, wow. sent the cease and desist letter to my apparel guy. We're making rash guards out of the shit. Oh, amazing. Oh, that's awesome. And I reached out to a homie of mine. His name's Uziman. And we did like a song called McDojo Life. And so me and Uziman are going to do a song that's literally going to be in the Guinness Book of World Records for saying the same name the most times ever. It's going to be his name. <laughs> he picked the wrong dude. To I'll, fuck get, with. I'll get one of those rash cards. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely take a rash card. What he doesn't understand is I'm going to crush him in court. And then I'm going to counter sue him because he said what I said was a lie, mm -hmm. which it isn't a lie. So that is actual defamation of character, slander. And so then the next thing is going to happen is I've been working on a martial arts documentary about martial arts cults. He just made his way onto a bigger platform, bigger yep. stage, because mm -hmm. nice. I'm going to film the entire process. So I'm just going to keep going and keep going and keep going until he actually says the words, I'm sorry. Awesome. Oh, yeah, oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uncle. Or says, yeah. That's a way to get back right there. How you yeah. Sue me. Huh? I got something better for you, bro. Yeah. And anyone could sue anyone. And you're just not going to win. Little, exactly. Little, little it's just, reverse yeah, card right exactly. There. For the idiot that, uh, yeah. you know. And that'll expose took, took it that even more. For him, the lawyer or whatever. Is, uh, they don't oh, know yeah. Charging him. He'll let, let him do it because he's going to make money oh, of yeah. it. Definitely. Um, it's probably not even going to go to court because what he's saying I said, I did not even say. Like, and if anybody wants to check those videos out, by the way, the ones that I'm being sued for, go to my YouTube channel. You can check them out. Um, they're well, called Offender and Enabler. So McDojo Offender Breakdown, Enabler. Offender Enabler. I did a part one and a part two. And I got to tell you, the shit's funny every time. <laughs> well, my dude, I, I, I belong to a, a ton of martial arts group pages on uh, Facebook and I'm gonna I'm gonna share that video to everywhere. I'll share it mm -hmm. all over my pages and stuff, and uh, we'll ex I'll expose. I, you know, I'm a pretty good dude at making memes and shit, so I might uh, 
you know, I might have to make a meme. Of, I, I've, given, I've been kicked off Facebook like three times for making memes. I have like, this is my fourth account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make a meme out of it. Well, Rob, man, we're going to, we're going to, uh, you know, get, uh, you know, bring it to a halt here, man. Is there any, before I'll give these guys one last question with you, but is there anything that you would like to leave off with? Uh, before I give these guys the floor and ask you a question and then, uh, you know, we'll let you go and we'll just absorb all this and, uh, we'll show some of your Instagram page, uh, you know, when we get off the line with you. Um, yeah. Um, one major project I've been working on, it kind of started right before COVID and took like a, a sideline for like two years because of COVID, um, because COVID lasted roughly about two years. It really messed up a lot of martial arts schools, but We've been working on a documentary about fakes, frauds, phonies, con men, pedophiles, and cults. And we got huge news a couple months back that Jocko Willink is now on board as an executive producer. Nice. And Adam from Karate Combat is coming on board as an investor. Um, and then I'll find out this weekend if Zoltan from Five Finger Death Punch, who is a third degree black belt in Jiu-Jitsu, by the way, yeah, if that. he is coming on board as an investor. Um, if he comes on board, that basically gives us a solid green light to finish our project. And when that documentary comes out, I have a feeling it's going to change the landscape of the martial arts industry. Yo, I'm looking forward to that yeah, documentary. I want to see that. My man, I'm going to be all over your yeah. YouTube. Yeah, you know, dude, I never get this much response or this much interaction on my YouTube channel when we go live. I got people arguing over here uh you know doing saying cool things <laughs> anything about me? agreeing with you uh so we got some, you know we got some trolls in here talking shit perfect uh, hey how about the trolls real fast if anybody has shit to say to me i go live every monday wednesday and friday on instagram nice. and i let anyone join the live that wants to say anything to me so if you want to join the live you can talk directly to my face and you can say whatever the fuck you want to say to me nice excellent so no right, right. Hide behind board no need to sit there with your vaseline and jerk yourself off <laughs> you can come to me directly on instagram live pop up just like we are right now and you can have a face-to-face -face conversation with me because i'm not scared of none of you motherfuckers <laughs> excellent good my man. Yeah, i see excellent. all those weapons <laughs> <laughs> hey anything you guys want to uh leave off with rob and then we'll, uh, we'll uh we'll look at his instagram page and we'll call it a night yeah, i don't got any questions i just want to say you know Rob, thanks for being cool from the first interaction down at, you know, Karate Combat, you know, till now. Thank you for coming on the platform, getting a chance to, you know, talk to me, my boy Steve, my boy Tommy, you know, for us to, you know, just interact and get to know each other a little bit better, you know. So thank you for the opportunity, um, first and foremost. Yeah, man. Well, you were super cool when I met you. And when he put me on the spot to talk about how we met first, I didn't want to do it. Because... <laughs> uh, internet. Yay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, man, thank you for being cool as hell on our first interaction too, man. It was it was really nice to meet you in person and thank you for this opportunity to have these conversations. Hey, no problem at all, man. And I wish you the best with your with, with every endeavor that you're doing. You know, you have a great thing that you're doing. I think more people need to get on your wave and do it just like you, but I don't think you're gonna do it anywhere near as good, you know. Oh, yeah. Thank you. No problem, brother. Hey uh one last thing, Rob, I'm going to be uh, reposting a lot of your stuff because uh, this this page that you're calling me in from is my kind of page that I steal everything from and I throw it on here. So I'm going to be uh, cross-posting a lot of your stuff. Uh, you said that you like that. It'll, uh, you know, get more people on board. So I'm going to be uh, sharing a lot of the, you know, the funny stuff and the serious stuff on my page and getting people definitely on board. And I just want to say, uh, you know, 
you are the biggest guest that I've had on here as far as, you know, your reach in social media. I appreciate you coming on. Sahib, thank you so much for, uh, you know, getting us on board with Rob here, man. I'm definitely going to be sharing your stuff and supporting you. Uh, from, you know, here on through, man. And, you know, down the line, I'll definitely, when the documentary comes out and you get all your uh, ducks in a row, man, I'll have you on. We'll do a, we'll do another yeah. podcast or we'll just do a, a pre-recorded interview about, you know, how things are going and, and when this stuff is going to be released, man. I, I appreciate your time, bro. It's been a friggin' pleasure. You know, listen, you're, I'm going to have nightmares tonight, man, uh, <laughs> as far as, you know, uh, because I didn't think I could ever be, uh, you know, taking advantage. Yeah, of taken advantage of. But it, it looks like you know you got to watch out, and we got to follow you to uh, get these pointers and uh, see see what the real world out there in the martial arts community can. Uh, you know, there's some harm out there. There's great yeah. stuff out there, of course. but there's harm out there. And like you said, these people are already substantially in the community and have already made their mark before we even hear about the tragedy tragedies. That coming out. So if we start exposing them halfway through in the beginning, uh, you know, we can stop a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of this junk that's coming out. Yeah, I mean, it's just all it takes is just people to care. If people care, it shows. Like you guys were just talking about your instructor and how you feel more solidified that you're in a good gym. Because as we're talking about some of these red flags, you you see that you're in a great gym, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about how being in other gyms, you could see that some of the red flags apply. Um, The majority, again, the majority of the martial arts industry is great. Mm -hmm. It changes people's lives. Change mine. Um, Look at somebody like Tom DeBlass. Tom DeBlass put in programs around the country now to allow people who have been bullied, children who've been bullied and beaten in school, to go to martial arts programs pro bono for free to to get the help that they need, to give them confidence, to give them something to defend themselves. Justin Wren, I mean, he has been fighting uh, for years because he came from a background of being bullied and abused. This is something that's supposed to help people. And I think people forget that so often. And we can do something as long as the community gives a shit. But if all we care about is us and our own training and our own students, and it's always me, 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 I, 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 we're not going to do shit but self-implode. We're not going to grow. We're not going to help anybody. And eventually we're going to be so old we can't do anything anyway. Pie May is not real. You're not going to age like wine. You're not going to be the 90-year-old on the mountaintop who can defeat everyone. That's bullshit. You're going to get old. What did you do with your time? And if all you did with this time in the industry is beat people up, you wasted your fucking time. We can help people with what we have. Why not start now? Why wait until we can't fight anymore? Start doing it now. Make an impact in your community. Help a kid in need. Do some pro bono work for kids in your community who are getting beaten on or who are become viral videos because they got knocked out in school. We can do that if we all just give a fuck. And any internet troll out there who's just talking shit, what the fuck have you done for your community while you sit there and type in your fucking mother's basement, (laughs) right? What have you done? If you haven't helped other people, you are useless to this world. Help other people. 
Perfect, my Amazing. man. Uh, I can't wait for your book to come out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, both of them. He's going to have two of them. <laughs> Does he have two of them? No, he, he, he looks like he's the type of guy not to uh, write yeah, one. He's going to write out two. with a book after, you know, a couple of encyclopedia of them, man. Uh, man, <laughs> hey, it's a pleasure, Rob. We're going to check all on your Instagram now. Just give uh, people a little insight of it. Uh, it's it's huge, all your social media. Like you said, uh, it's all under the same name. Um, you're going to be coming out with a website. You have your link tree on your uh, Instagram, and I would imagine uh, connected to your business page on Facebook. So anyone wants to get in touch with this dude, you mentioned that you're, you're accessible. Even though you have all these followers on Instagram, uh, you you answer everyone that's, uh, you know, the legitimate instead of, you know, not the trolls. I imagine you you dissect them oh. a little bit. but. Oh. <laughs> Hours a day, every day. Awesome. I never stopped. I don't take fucking breaks. You send me a message, I will eventually get to it. If I have not gotten to it yet, send me another one and I will answer it. Troll, not troll. I don't give a shit. You're still paying my bills. Excellent, my man. Uh, dude, I got a. It's been a pleasure talking to you, yeah, bro. Really it's, good. it's been very enlightful. Um, you're a good dude, man. Um, and we'll definitely talk, bro. I'll I'll stay in touch with you, and uh, you know we'll talk further. I appreciate your time, man. Like I said, you're one of the big wigs that I've been on here. I know you don't probably think that way. You're just a dude, uh, you know, that doing your thing, and it's fun for you, man. But you have a lot of influence. You have a lot of uh, a lot of followers, and you're doing great things for the community. And I, you know, I can't wait to to watch what's next and documentaries and you know everything that's happening for you, man. Uh, appreciate the time, bro. Thank you for the support, and thank all you guys for the awesome conversation. Um, I appreciate y'all being fucking awesome. So thank you. All right, man. You have a Probably great man. night. Thank and you, uh, we'll brother. talk soon, Brad. We'll be checking out your page. And uh, thanks for the time, man. You have a good night, Rob. Oh, y'all too. All right, man. Brother, buddy. That was fucking dynamite. That was wow. Oh, yeah. That wow. was fucking dynamite. I, I, think, I, think our, I think our lives have changed from talking to that guy. Fucking, Honestly? I'm afraid. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not going to lie, dude. Fucking, he kind of opened my eyes to a yes. little bit more. Dude. Yes, because I know, we know that there's horrible shit out there and people are scumbags and take advantage and blah, blah, blah. But we, the way he put it is, it makes a lot of sense. Okay, you know now, what imagine I mean? this, right? Not to cut you off. Imagine this. You drunk as hell in your mind. Are we still alive? No, no, no yeah, 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 we're, we're alive. Oh, we're still yeah. alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, imagine, go, imagine, imagine this, right? Now. You're drunk as hell, right? Mm. At karate combat, you know, you, you're just enjoying the night and shit. Oh, is it? That's the story how you met him? Yeah, how, oh, literally right. how I met him, right? You're just drunk as hell, like yeah. enjoying the night and shit, bro. Fucking everybody's in the building. Sold out event. Mm -hmm. And I see the punch dummy. I'm like, oh, I want to do something cool. Let me, let me see what I can do with it, right? I'm trying this fucking like a jumping 360 roundhouse kick. <laughs> jumping 360 spinning hook kick. And then they And I star. missed it like three, four times. I'm like, all right, fuck. I'm wearing Air Forces, dude, this oh, barrel geez. over the ground. I'm like, you know, I got to fucking land this thing. And I finally fucking landed this one time. And that's when I saw him. He was like, I was like, oh, what's, what's, what's up, bro? He was like, oh, how you doing, man? You want to you wanna actually do it? He took out his phone and started recording it. Mm -hmm. And he actually recorded the video of me almost fucking busting my ass and dying, dude. <laughs> That's so the he, best part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he post it? <laughs> no, he didn't post it. He didn't post it. He didn't post it. He didn't want to be seen So he's job. like, can you, uh, can can you, can you delete, delete that, that please, one, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He definitely has that somewhere. He's going to post McDojo technique of the week or something. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, I'm going to check out um, his page right now. Um, we'll see some, but... It's, dude. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff. It's a lot. It's mm -hmm. fucking, I was on it the other, mm -hmm. you know, just going, when you told me to, to follow him and check it out, man. Endless content. It, it's, Endless content. it's fabulous, too. It's, I thought it was only funny stuff. I thought it was a shit post. That's what I thought, too. And yeah. then I started seeing, yeah. um, he's Every, got, exposing everyone. This yeah. is like the, you know, the dude I talked about. Well, Sambo instructor, yeah. yeah. That's still fucking crazy. That actually, yeah. like, 
gave me like like a weird feeling sure. when, you, when, you, when you said that. Yeah, and then gives he's you got a chills, bunch, man. like, you know, Gilbert police officer looking for more victims, a karate instructor after arrest. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, right. And you and and you you and in situations you drop your kids off, uh, you trust these guys uh, who could be fucking criminals, you know, and yeah. you leave. Forty six million dollars. Someone said like that happened in our school. You would probably get beat up. On oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. In the parking yeah. lot, it, it yeah. make it look make it look like an accident. Yeah, all the cops are training there. Aaron Stevens sentenced to you know six years for sexual battery of a sixteen year old, and that's the thing. These these schools, I mean, it's all about preying on the kids. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it you know a lot of these guys, and there's ladies also. Yeah. Sure, that it, was just a lady right there. Yeah. You just heard. that they're pedophiles oh. who. Start schools yep. so the kids can come oh, yeah. in, and Predators. then they groom them, mm-hmm. and then they find they find their wife who's like, or you know, a girlfriend that he's saying like sixteen. You know what I mean? It's it's terrible. So the school that I was at before, I'm not gonna say names of the level. I'll tell you after. Right? Yeah. But um, like yeah, this dude he dated this girl that was uh-huh. like eighteen, nineteen. Yep. You know what I'm saying? The girl's younger than me, and when I'm walking inside the gym, and that's his that's his girlfriend. Yeah. And then I'm hearing that you know. You got this one pregnant. Oh my god! You know he he's punching and beating on his instructors because they're not teaching when he wants to. Like mm-hmm. this is actually this chick that we got cool after she left the gym and I left the gym like a few years later. Like we reconvened and just started hanging out. It was cool. But uh, he he literally broke her nose with a tie pad. <laughs> like 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 she wasn't listening. He's like, oh okay, come hold pads. And he punched into her face and just bop. With a, you, know, you know, heavy time. Pack, yeah, yeah. Like fucking six pounds. And her hand went right, right into her nose. Broke her yep. nose. Ugh. Broke her nose. Lame. And they're not going to tell anyone. No, yeah. And they're not going to get in trouble. There's no HR. I was making a joke today in the gym. You know, people make rude jokes and whatever in certain company. And we were saying, there's no HR. So, you know, that's how that goes, you know? Yeah, literally. literally. You got anything um, Sahib, I'm going to... You know what? I have a feeling I know who you're talking about. You probably do. I'm going to... Um, we'll talk after. Uh-huh. And I'll just see. Um, if it's the same, mm-hmm. same person, maybe we'll uh, bring Rob in to uh, investigate that. <laughs> 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 I'm Yo. telling you, hey Rob. Or, may, or maybe, <laughs> well, he Rob also said that he'd be okay with us doing that. You know what I mean? Doing our own McDojo in Rhode Island and yeah. rolling up into places, tag him in the stuff. Yeah. And, see, he's got. The, he's look. I'm stealing. That's all. Just yeah, I'm he's stealing got funny a bunch stuff. of his shit. <laughs> so I'm stealing funny. a bunch of his shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like self bink. The fuck. The fucking video that I got like three million. Actually, it was. Um, I'll show you when we uh, get. It was cool. I put um, um, I put a song to it, and it just it fucking blew it up. It like it, it just fits so well. Yeah, a couple of unknowns, you know, they were just getting real close. And it was, just, yeah, it was a viral cool. moment. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It, it was, it was the coolest video because it was karma. Yeah, you know, yeah, the guy got fucking ended up. Yeah, getting one guy was being I, lo- I love that. Kicked. I love yeah. that. I love that. Dude. Ass kicked. Yeah, that, I'm a humble guy when it comes to like the fighting. I'm really yeah, yeah. respectful for my yeah. opponents. So. Oh yeah. Anytime I see a cocky fight or somebody trying to res- mm-hmm. yeah. you trying to respect somebody, they're disrespecting you. I love seeing the cocky. You know, there's there, you know, there's the stare down and shit, and you know, people it can be do intense. their thing, but intense. this oh, guy right. was and the shit talking's part of it too. Home, you know? And the guy just beat him down in the fight, oh, yeah. just beat, and then yeah. he just he got to say his words oh, yeah. after he beat the guy down. He's like, you know. Oh, I've always been that guy to where I feel like if I've ever got disrespected, I'll just I'll wait until the fight to to say my yeah. Name. I'll let it, I'll let it be what is the way. It's okay. Yeah. You had your moment here. Let me yeah. now. Let me show up the next day. Show you what's really good. Yeah, you know? and, and, and there's levels. I mean, you're you know when someone's going over the 
over the, the, the borders here yeah. at, at Wayans. I mean, people are intense there, and, you know, they're trying to sell the fight uh-huh. and stuff. But when you're just a complete prick yeah. asshole, man. There's a threshold, you know. There's, you know? Yeah, there is. There's yeah, Muhammad way. Ali invented that, uh, the shit talking to, yeah. to be the best, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's I mean, it sells. I, I'll tell you what, yeah. it definitely does sell. People want to see that. It sells. You know, I mean, it might look good, you know, but, like, don't be that guy if you're not that guy yeah. at the same time. And you know the you true, know you know the true martial. I mean, when the fight's over, you know the true guy that they come and you know, hey, dude, it was all about business, and they, yeah. you know, yeah. they, you know, in the ring, they come at together. The end, but then you have the, all those guys. Then you got guys like Colby almost though, you know. Fuck, so it's yeah, like, he's just. And you got guys who throw their mouthpiece after the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking guys, awesome. fucking guys. Tommy's not over it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm bitter. I'm talking about petty. I am I will be in the fucking Triforce call. I don't give a fuck. Give me that. Cool. Triforce is not a call. No, it's exactly. Call. But I'd be in it if it was. If Pete, if Pete Jeffrey said, "Here's the Kool Aid," I'd be like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> but he's oh, not. Awesome. Yeah, we're not. Oh, Triforce is not a call. We are good. That's we are. We are not held great, a, a, against our will. <laughs> Uh, with that said, guys, anything you want to leave off with uh, Sahib? Uh, um, you know, you talked about maybe getting back in the cage sometime. Yeah. Too early it's to coming talk up. about so, that. Uh, got some timeline it's, not, it's not too early to talk about it. I've definitely been looking. Yep. Uh, I will say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm coming off of an injury right now. Okay. So I'm, I am itching to get back in there. I just started training again really hard. Um, but there's a couple. I'm not going to say the names right now, but there's a couple of possible names and Definitely a couple of cards that got my interest right now in the future. There's some coming um, up. A couple of spicy cards coming up, actually. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to those. If I'm not competing, then I'm definitely looking forward to uh, at least spectating. Yeah. Maybe looking at a few possible future opponent matchups, you know? Nice. That's why you go Scoping the competition. Yeah, yeah nice. exactly. Nice. Scouting, uh, scouting the uh, team. Nice. Yeah, ton of cards uh, coming up July, August. Yeah, well, we got well, Cage Titans this weekend. Yeah, yeah, this weekend. I was just talking right? with yeah, Richie. Yeah, Titans, I'll be there None with of our the crew. Guys. Yeah, no. oh, you're going to be there. Gonna yeah, be there. I'm actually okay. going to go. Okay. I'm going to have to probably wear a flak jacket and fucking... Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to get fucking go with, up. Go hey, with hey, bring me bring me for security, Steve. I got you, buddy. So the real question I was trying to ask... Anybody got extra ticket? Mike, was it Mike from McDojo? Is that his name, Mike? Rob, 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 my bad. Um, was like, did anyone like ever like approach him and want to fight him? You know what I mean? I know oh, you're talking I about. Oh, I see the, what you mean. Yeah, the light. I'm like, sure, but he's yeah. well versed in, oh, yeah, uh, in martial arts. Well, he's man. Sort of like he said, people don't know he doesn't look like a fighter, but he, he probably carries take a piece. Head off. That's why Florida? I love martial arts, though, because like it could be the most oh, yeah. unsuspecting mm-hmm. people in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like the time. I don't think you could fucking choke me out. I don't fucking know who you are. I'm walking down the street. I don't. I would never think you would snatch me up. Sure, exactly. Right there, you know. And, and and someone that's just a mouth has no training. Mm-hmm. That's just a oh, punk. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and yeah. fucking terrible fighters. Someone that just you know a white belt with a couple yeah. of stripes. Yeah, yeah. A couple couple of lessons. Out, you know yeah. what I mean? Fucking nope. crazy. You learn oh, a good man. technique and really snap it in, like you said, as a white belt. You fucking you're you're better than 70, 80, 90 percent of yeah. the people walking around. Definitely. Um, with that said. Man, Sahib, thanks for the fucking uh, the hookup here. Yeah. With hey, Rob, no problem, man. Steve. It was fucking great. You're one of the guys I respect a ton. I met a great guy in, uh, in Rob from uh, McDojo Life, mm-hmm. and once I met him, I got back home, got to thinking. I was like, you know what? You're this new. would be a good bridge to build, mm-hmm. you know? Steve, I see you doing your thing with this uh, platform of yours. I love it, and I respect it, and I hope you keep on growing. And I just felt like it would be a great opportunity to bring a guest like this on a show with a caliber of his. He's been on countless podcasts. He's talked to countless mm-hmm. people. He knows some of the top people in martial arts, whether that's you know MMA, kickboxing, boxing, whatever. You know, he, He's up there. So I just feel like it was only time that you could get a guest at his level. You know, Steve? Appreciate it, my no guy. Problem. And for him to come on here as you know, busy as he is and he, the, he the, seemed... probably the office or people that want to talk to him to come on here. 
Um, you know, my little my little show here in New England. Fucking, yeah, he made a fucking. He was on an NBA commercial the other day. Yeah, fuck, I, mean, I, I didn't notice that either. I want. I'm gonna Jesus. watch next time. I don't remember seeing that commercial we were talking about. Because <laughs> I think I maybe would have remember. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Um, with that being said, him, he, like we were saying earlier, it seems like it's all funny. Seems like all oh, his shit's all funny. Like real funny guy when we talk to him. Super locked in, super yeah. fucking yeah. serious, yeah. Tell, yeah. right to the point. Super smart sounding, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and uh, exposing a lot, I'm a, new, of, uh, a lot of nastiness. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big follower of his now. I'm gonna, I wanna, I wanna do the same shit. You know what I mean? I wanna expose fucking bad people. Here we go. You know what I'm saying, hey Rob, <laughs> well, man, we could do it on here, man. We you know could. I mean? We got a platform. We, right you now. fucking see a topic about you know maybe local. Yeah. We'll detect yeah. the local. Hey, look, we saw more bastards. After we discuss, yeah, we're gonna. We could probably get a list together of gyms that we think are that. Oh, we are. Well, we we have backing that we can take them out if they fucking come after us. So, with that said, man. Love it. Sahib, yep. anytime, any Wednesday, you yes, want to come down, man. Right, We're always here, bro. Definitely, yep. man. I love you guys' company. I love mm-hmm. you guys having me. You we know? love having you, man. It's always, always good. Super cool. Room, you know? I got to take mm-hmm. more beers next time. I had one with me. but that's Yeah, I only right. had one last time. I had two today. Usually, you know? I'm on my third or fourth one, and I'm like always going to tr- cause trouble. Him talking about smoking and drinking. Got to love that. Yeah. Love that, you know? <laughs> right Tommy's fun. favorite topic. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We didn't even talk about weed. We didn't even talk about weed. I was going to bring it up. Not at all. Not at all. Nope. Um, with that said, man, yep. um, Cage Titans will be at Cage Titans this weekend. Fuck yeah. Follow New England MMA. We will be putting a ton of shit. We'll have the play-by-play. If you don't buy the stream, if you can't make it to the show, Travis will be doing play-by-play. I'm hoping to get a couple of interviews uh, or a video of me getting fucking my ass kicked somewhere in there. It'd be awesome. Look at Sahib. From no some Nick Dojo me, guy. No no fuck, Steve, I got no you, buddy. Nobody's touching you, I got you, Well, none of, none of our guys are fighting this weekend, so it's going to be, you know, like a away game. You know that, is, that is kind of weird. Yeah, bro. yeah. No way from yeah, it'd be way. cool, though. You don't have to get, yeah. you know, nervous or, you know. Totally. Yeah, no butterflies. Yeah, no butterflies. You know what I mean? How, I, you know. I was chatting with Richie Santiago today. I was actually drilling with him and stuff, and he was just asking if we were going. I said, you guys probably were. None of our guys. Yeah, we. I think we got a whole crew. I think we, like, there's five of us, and everyone's, can we can we all fit in there? And I'm like, I'm going. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> make it, I make know it work. I haven't been in a Cage Titans card in like the last five cards, mm-hmm. I think. We've been doing Fight Companions. Yeah, that's well, stuff definitely like that. well past good. Yeah, they've, they've been, they've, they've been pretty is. fire, too. Yeah. I was Some doing like the, the, the pre shows with them for one time, mm-hmm. doing a lot of interviews in the back. So, um, you know, I miss being Cage side and seeing, yeah. leave, seeing the live fight. So. Um, so with that being said, uh, good Table Titans. I watched a little bit of it the other day. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. Watching a pleasure, bit. pleasure being yep. on there. Those guys are cool. Um, it was good a good group. time. So they have a, in the wings and shit. Yeah, they have a great uh, setup there now. They have mm-hmm. their own uh, studio. Yeah. Oh. So they got things working there. It was a pleasure being on there, mm-hmm. uh, hooking back up with those guys. Paul so, there's a goat. Oh, he's a he is. Mm-hmm. He's the goat. He's the Fucking MMA England, legend in this town. New, regional yep. New England MMA here. So, um, with that said, Cage Titans. I know tomorrow they got the press conference. Mm-hmm. I know Friday weigh-ins, and Saturday is the show itself. So show. check out their page, Cage Titans, anywhere you want to go. They are everywhere. They'll have all the information, start times. And uh, with that said, man, uh, thanks for watching people out there. Yeah. we got a ton of fucking people on YouTube <laughs> arguing right. and shit. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's Love fucking it. great. Uh, with that said, we out of here, and yes. uh, we're going to chat a couple of minutes before we get going. So Rob, there again, McDojo Life, Cheers. thank you so awesome, much. Matt. Tommy. Absolutely. Sahib. Mm-hmm. Wow. We out. Good night. Wow.